Hi and welcome to Defining Boundaries, a podcast about the interesting characters from our surveying and spatial industry and their unique perspectives on life and our industry. I'm Peter Cox and I use my 25 years of contacts as a surveyor and teacher to dig deep into the lives of others. Each fortnight, I delve into the life and times of people from all over the world who share the same profession and passions. Don't forget to subscribe to my channel, like, comment, feel free to share with your friends. Do you have a question about the surveying or spatial industry? Or would you like to join me for a chat? Or would you like to hear from someone in particular? If so, send me a message on LinkedIn or Instagram and we can catch up. This week, join me while I chat with Mark Scanlon, Managing Director at Parker Scanlon. So grab your drink, sit back and relax while we chat. Hi and welcome to Defining Boundaries. My guest today is Mark Scanlon. Mark is the director of a large surveying firm in the Greater Newcastle area, Parker Scanlon. Mark was born in Newcastle and grew up in beautiful Lake Macquarie. As a young boy growing up, Mark had aspirations of being an architect, but by the age of 17, he changed his mind and went into surveying. He hasn't won any awards yet, but says when he actually enters something, he is sure that they will win. Mark enjoys going sailing, bushwalking, traveling, cooking, and most recently, yoga. Hi, Mark. Thanks for joining me. It's a pleasure to be here. So tell me a little bit about yourself. You were born in Newcastle. You grew up in Warners Bay at Lake Macquarie. What was that like? It was fantastic. Had a, a, a great childhood. We had the, uh, the benefit of having a park next door to, uh, to our house and uh, a lot of bushland around. And most of my youth was spent uh, with the neighbourhood kids. Uh, making billy carts and hobby houses and uh, kicking balls around and playing cricket and yeah, it's just getting up to um, all sorts of fun. And possibly, <laughs> sorry, all sorts of mischief. Yes, good mischief, good mm. mischief. Yes, mm. yes, something that uh, perhaps uh, the youth of today are missing out on a little bit. So um, yeah, it's all very uh, unsupervised, of course. Uh, just all looking out for each other and yeah it was it was a great childhood yeah and being close to the lake uh, we had the advantages of you know being able to do um, some uh, boating things and going fishing and things like that so yeah all good fun, good fun. yeah yeah definitely um, I grew up on the water down at Jervis Bay and yeah it was a, a great place to definitely a great place to grow up <laughs> it's a little yes, bit yes a little bit different there now though oh yes yes unfortunately all these places become popular and uh that brings everybody in and that yeah changes the uh, the look and the feel of them a little bit yeah most still. definitely yeah. so do you live around there now or up in the newcastle area no still uh, based around lake macquarie okay. uh, i've spent most of my life uh in the area Mm -hmm. uh, apart from some uh, time overseas and I also spent about 12 months up on the north coast uh, uh, worked for a company that had uh, an office in um, Surface Paradise and uh, Mwilumba and Tweed Heads so I spent oh. about a year uh, in between those offices so, yeah okay um, but then um, yes came back to Newcastle so uh, I did a full circle <laughs> it's always nice to go home <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. So uh, long story short that uh, whilst I was traveling overseas, I, uh, I met this, uh, uh, this woman who was from Sydney. And uh, when I came back from overseas, uh, I got a job uh, within about a week uh, up the North Coast. And so I, uh, I moved up there. Uh, I've spent uh, probably about the next 12 months or so uh, commuting uh, between uh, Tweed Heads and Sydney. Uh, backwards and forwards, and um, well, now wife uh, wasn't that keen on moving up the coast, and I wasn't that keen on moving to Sydney, so we thought uh, heading to Newcastle was a good compromise, and uh, been here ever since. 
Yeah, Newcastle's pretty nice as well. I, I did a year yes. of uni up there, so enjoyed it immensely. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, the university's a great campus as well. Um, just uh, so open and, yeah, great bushland setting as well. Yeah, wonderful mm -hmm. ones. Yeah, and only one of two unis that do surveying as well. That's right. It was very, uh, very lucky for me. So, mm. yes, yeah, very nice. Yeah, so you studied at Newcastle? I did, yes, yes. So uh, some, uh, some great memories there and uh, I still got some, some good friends that uh, I met during my uh, surveying course there and, and other courses as well. And yeah, lots of, lots of really good memories and, and yeah, still involved with the university um, as well. Um, I um, speak to some of the students over there um, from time to time with the land boundary definition courses talking about uh, uh, all the different professional groups, you know, the Institute of Surveys and uh, you know, ACS and um, yeah, just to give the students a bit of an idea as to uh, the different uh, groups they can be involved in uh, once they finish their studies. Yeah, okay, interesting. Um, you've been in the surveying industry for a while now. Um, what actually attracted you to surveying? You know, you had a different um, a different career path in mind you sort of hit that 17 and surveying was it what was did you see someone working or you read something or how did you actually end up going and doing surveying yeah uh we had to do a work experience whilst we're at school and it was getting close to the time where we had to go and nominate the place we're going to uh, do our two weeks uh, work experience with and there was a notice board at the school and a had a list of uh, previous companies that um, put students on. And uh, one of them was a surveying company at Warms Bay. So I thought, mm -hmm. oh, well, it's nice and close to home, so I could just walk there. Uh, so what I did that night is I went home and I pulled out a dictionary and looked up what a surveyor was. And it said someone that uh, enjoyed uh, being outdoors, uh, did a bit of maths, um, some drawing, some plane drawing. And uh, the other thing that appealed to me was sometimes you may need to work away and camp out and, uh, and do your work there for maybe about a week or so. And I was going in camping at that stage and I uh, thought, oh, well, this sounds like a, a, good, a good sort of career for me. And so I uh, applied for the, the position and I spent two weeks working with uh, a local firm. And there was a couple of things that really triggered me from... Uh, for making my decision to uh, get involved with this surveying. Uh, one of them was that uh, one day we did some work down the Central Coast, and so we had to go and pack all the equipment into the vehicle for the day, so put the pegs in and tripods and that sort of thing. Mm. And then we're just about ready to go, and the boss said, so where are the surfboards? And said, we're <laughs> going off to work. He said, well, we're going down the Central Coast, so we always take the surfboards. So that's what we did. <laughs> and uh, another day we were uh, in the office and was drawing up some plans and there was only five of us there and the boss said, um, I think I've had enough for today, who wants to go and have a game of squash? And I was playing a lot of squash at the time so we went off to the local squash court for the afternoon and played squash and I thought, this is the profession for me and I've been <laughs> with it ever since. So, uh, yes. Um, and... Uh, and many, many, many years later, uh, working in my own firm now, uh, we actually had the opportunity uh, this year to say, you know what, we've been really busy this week. Um, on Friday afternoon, we're packing up and we're going off to play tennis, down the local uh, tennis courts. So, oh, nice. Um, yeah, so uh, it was nice to be able to, uh, to relive those memories again. Yeah, so. lovely. So talking about yeah. your work, you work at Parker Scanlon, yeah, um, yes. director. So tell me a little bit about what you do in your position and 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 how you, you work within your company. Yeah, sure. Uh, so we started uh, the company in 2007, uh, a gentleman by the name of Bill Parker and myself. And then we started off with, uh, it's probably about five or six of us. And we were only uh, this small, and we had um, a number of clients that were uh, helping us out with getting us on our feet, uh, which was fantastic. And yeah, we uh, started to, to grow. 
uh, in our numbers and there's not so much of us uh, being fantastic uh, business people. Although Bill Parker did certainly have a lot of experience in helping along the way. Um, yeah, our existing clients uh, got busier and busier and then we needed to have more staff to go and cater for the demand. And it's sort of grown and grown from there. I'm pleased to say that um, reputation has um, spread a little bit further and we've uh, picked up a whole bunch of other new clients and uh, starting to diversify a little bit more with our portfolio of work. And it's sort of uh, just grown and grown. We've got about 28 staff members now. And yeah, um, very sadly, um, Bill Parker uh, passed away uh, from a, a terrible melanoma that went bad. And uh, that's what just left myself. Um, mm. And so my position is uh, was very much um, still a, a registered surveyor and, and you know, doing some field work and, uh, and uh, during the day and then up in the afternoon um, sort of running the business. Uh, um, I certainly had the advantage uh, um, of uh, having a business coach um, as well as being working a business coach, um, Shelley Dalton from Dalton Business Systems uh, for about the last 10 years. And uh, she's been fantastic in uh, helping me to uh, uh, get all my, uh, my things in a row, uh, working out what's important and, and, uh, and helping me uh, put the bits and pieces together. Yes, uh, it's a bit hard um, got being doing a degree in surveying where you learn how to do uh, you know, measuring and, and all that kind of stuff, but actually the other side of running a business is completely different, isn't it? Yes, yes. Uh, now I had to put the pegs in the ground and drop the plans, but uh, uh, trying to... Yes. <laughs> Yes, so IT is not one of my strong points. <laughs> the, um, the, the life of um, working these days and, and doing this stuff at technology, it just works or it doesn't work, doesn't it? <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yes, yes. The technology is absolutely fantastic when it's working, but it's just disastrous when it's not. Mm. So, uh, yeah, and I... Perhaps uh, 2020 has been a year of, uh, uh, of unknowns and not sure what's going to be uh, coming your way. You just need to deal with what's in front of you. So mm. um, perhaps yeah. that's the IT for us for today. Most definitely. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, so when you started out in surveying, did you have aspirations of becoming a manager within the industry or it's just slowly progressed as you've sort of gone along in your career? Uh, I didn't have any great aspirations to be running my own company. Um, I was quite happy uh, doing uh, field work and uh, really enjoyed the outdoor work. And then I guess as, uh, as my career uh, was progressing, uh, it became more uh, focused for, for office space work. And um, hey, I do still, I miss the field work side of things, but yeah, my role now is, is pretty much uh, in the office and um, uh, up until probably November last year, uh, I was still very much um, hands-on in uh, running projects and, and doing plans and that sort of thing. Uh, but my office uh, uh, pretty much became the black hole where people wanted things done and they needed some uh, some support, whatever they used to come in and say, yes, I'll, I'll deal with that. I'll just get through this project first and I'll get to yours. And of course, there was never enough time in the day to be uh, dealing with all those things. So I um, had a, a good uh, long chat with uh, the business coach and saying that things aren't working as well as what they should be. Yeah. And from that, we did a big uh, restructure of the company. And so uh, one of our senior uh, staff members uh, took on the role as a, uh, a 2IC mm -hmm. and um, is now sort of looking after a lot of the things that I was dealing with um, on a daily basis, which has sort of freed me up to concentrate more on business now and to 
bit some more direction. Um, and we also set up uh, different teams with um, surveyors and town planners and drafting and admin, and, and they all sort of run their own little show as well. So, um, yeah, so it's, it just makes it a lot easier just to be dealing with a, a select number of people rather than trying to deal with, with everyone. So, yes. Um, yeah, it, yeah, it's made quite a difference. Yeah, it, it would. Um, you know, coming, working in, in different areas of government and private, you sort of know I've gone from small companies where there's just me and the surveyor and, you know, we've basically done everything together sort of thing to going to bigger companies where there is specific people to do specific things and you sort of go, oh, if I could just, oh, no, that's not my job. <laughs> Yes, 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 yes. You've got to learn to let go of things. <laughs> yes, yes. Delegate it all out and there's a set way to be doing things. And yeah, and it all really just comes down to communication. So um, yeah. are you a voice that's being heard? Um, and I think that the companies that do really well are the ones that have quite well established uh, means of communication. So that could be... Uh, daily, weekly, or monthly meetings, uh, suggestion boxes, uh, you know, good uh, mentors in the company to look after the junior people. And mm. so if you've got something to say, then your voice will be heard and, and it will uh, be taken into consideration. So, uh, and so that's something that we've worked on um, uh, quite a bit here, particularly in the last, well, yeah, last six months really with COVID. Yeah. as well with, uh, with remote workers and not being able to do the face-to-face -face, um, uh, discussions. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, those communication things became very important. Yeah. Do So, um, you know, having a company um, that the pan and the pandemic, um, you know, it's it hit, you know, I mean, I guess we were lucky in a way it didn't hit us as hard as, as, as other countries and stuff or, or as it is in Victoria at the moment. But... Um, has it changed the way that you, um, you you now work day to day because you still wouldn't have everyone back in the office at the moment? Yeah, we've actually only in the last uh, last week we've uh, decided that we're it's what we call our uh, level one um, uh, status in the office. So uh, remote workers have been coming in. We still got all the different um, hygiene levels and that sort of thing. Uh, but our safety committee meeting uh, met um, just recently and we just discussed about, you know, do we have enough physical space in here for the separation and, and can we still tick all those boxes? And yeah, we've sort of put it to those remote workers if you want to come back in, um, then we can accommodate you in here. So, and yeah, the, uh, the remote working experience has been terrific for some and a bit challenging for others, and just depending on what their circumstances are. So, mm. um, but yeah, it's been a really, really interesting experience. And certainly when it first hit and when the government's uh, recommendations were for if you don't need to be in the office, um, then just go home. Um, all of a sudden we had to change everything around and for the first time in a very, very long time, we actually started to question everything that we did and how it was all going to physically work. And from that, we saw some amazing things come from staff members and um, some people really rose to the occasion mm. and they came up with some ideas and started putting together um, different spreadsheets and things and how we could track stuff. And we were very much paper-based um, uh, up until that point, but that was never going to work with remote workers. So we um, started to think about, well, how can we do it a different way? And our field crews used to start um, in our office uh, each morning. Yeah. And used to come in and load up the vehicles and off they go. Mm. So we changed them around so that they were taking the vehicles home and they would roll up in the morning at the front and we would uh, give them a bunch of files and then they just sort of disappear into the next day. And that uh, uh, increased our uh, productivity quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, there was a lot more electronic transfer of, uh, of data files backwards and forwards. Mm. So we just started to go and upgrade all those sorts of things. Yeah. And yeah, some uh, really great things came out of it and they're the things that we're, we're still implementing today. Um, yeah, it was, it was 
it was a, it was a great experience for us really in the end yeah, yeah. I, i've i've kind of heard that from a lot of people sort of saying you know even though um you know it, it has not been a pleasant experience and and the things that have been happening um some on a personal but some also on on the the, the business and work side of it have actually found it quite uh, refreshing and challenging and working out you know those people that that you know can step up have done so and um, how productivity is actually better because they're getting um, the choice of either working from home but having more time to actually spend with their family because they're not traveling or um, mm. you know they they can manage their time differently rather than being a nine to five or whatever it may be within the office and um, there's a lot of people I've spoken to have actually they have missed that that uh, person to person um, mm. but haven't missed actually being in an office in that sense yes mm. yes yeah there's uh, there's two words that really um, uh, sum up my uh, my COVID year. Um, one of them is uh, gratitude, and the yeah. other one is attitude. Um, gratitude because where we are situated, the clients we're working with, the type of work that we do, meant that we um, we could continue on, um, and we had enough work to keep uh, everyone um, working along. And, and all fully employed. Uh, we employed another two people only in the last two weeks, uh, just because things were on the increase. Um, but yeah, just really grateful that the team that we've got here rallied together and um, really, really made a difference. We really wanted the whole thing to work. So, um, so yes, yeah, so a great sense of gratitude. Um, the other one is, is attitude, and um, the numbers will, will tell the story that we have got a couple of clients and uh, one of our KPIs with them is to have a 10-day turnaround with our products. Yeah. And we do hundreds and hundreds of these types of uh, surveys. And so uh, we always are you know, aiming just to be under our 10-day turnaround. Mm -hmm. and, and for, I don't know, maybe two years or so, we really struggled to, um, to be able to try and achieve that 10-day turnaround. So we made a conscious effort to try and um, get in it and cut those numbers down. And, and we did, and we ran for about I don't know, four or five months and averaging around about nine days, which was fantastic. And we were often celebrated and had some fun, <laughs> probably a game of tennis or something. Um, and then when, um, when COVID hit and uh, people had a lot of fear in them because we didn't really know what was going to happen. You know, we all going to just shut down. We were going to lose our jobs. Um, yeah all going to end what's going to happen mm. and so we went from our nine-day turnaround up to um, a 12-day turnaround on our work and it was a similar number of projects the same number of people um, we were just we just lost enthusiasm we think oh what's the point you know why should we go and you know work really hard and, and keep these numbers going through because the world's going to end and it's all yeah. terrible and so yeah. Yeah, and you know, it's just the attitude of the staff. So we needed to try and turn this around. So we needed to try and uplift people's spirits. And so we put up a big uh, piece of paper on the, the kitchen wall and we encouraged people to write up their things that made them happy or things that put a smile on their face. And you know, they said, oh yeah, it was my son's birthday this week and we, um, you know, we had a party at home or someone said, oh, there's a new bottle shop open up around the corner, which was fantastic for them. <laughs> Um, uh, some were still having um, uh, some good results with work and that was making them happy. Uh, one thing that made me happy was that uh, I had a daughter that was um, in Bathurst at university and they, they all uh, uh, had to leave campus um, and essentially move home and that made me happy to um, have her at home. So all these things went up and people were seeing them and then thinking, well, Actually, yeah, some good things are still happening. And so they were writing them up as well. People knew that they were still getting paid and they still had work in front of them. And yeah. it really changed their attitude on, on where they were sitting and that they were in a much, much better position 
then maybe some of their friends or other people in, in different mm. industries, you know, particularly hospitality and um, you know, entertainment and those sorts of things. So we went from our 12-day turnaround down to seven days turnaround for all our projects in a matter of about two weeks. Wow, and just because of mindset. Yeah, it was just their attitude. Yep. Well, we've got work in front of us. Just let's get into it mm. and, um, and and let's make a difference. So, yeah, so nothing else had changed. Still the same number of projects, same equipment, same staff numbers, everything. So, mm -hmm. yeah. And so, yeah, it was just, uh, just a different way of looking at it. So, yeah, extremely proud of the team and, and how they've, they've switched around. And so, yeah. Yeah, yeah and, uh, that's... and it's sort of grown and grown. And we're down to uh, five days now. So mm. it's fantastic. Oh, wow, results. that's excellent. Your client mm. would be happy about that as well. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Been a lot of hard work, I can assure you, of that to get there. But yeah, uh... I'm sure. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm sure it would be. Um, so being a uh, being a manager. Um, being a registered surveyor, what are your thoughts about the current state of our profession? We still have some way to go. Uh, we still, uh, I think, surveyors are recognised as the person that's on the side of the road with one of those tripody speed camera thingies yeah, that people camera, don't really understand what. Yeah, that's all it is. Um, and yeah, so that's the perception. They they don't realise all the technology that's involved nowadays, and particularly the uh, the backup that's happening in offices you know, all around the country with um, surveyors now and how they they're doing their work. So when I first started in the profession, eighty percent of surveying was done out in the field. And 20% mm -hmm. was in the office. And I think the whole thing's completely switched around now. Yeah. Um, we've got machines that can collect the data so much faster uh, and so much more accurate than what we ever had dreamt of, you know, even 10 or 15 years ago. Mm. Uh, but it needs a lot of uh, technical input from the office side to ensure that uh, the quality is still up there and it's still reliable and that things can uh, move through in a timely process. So. Mm. Um, yeah, so yeah, things have changed around a fair bit, but the the general perception from the public is that the surveyors are just those people out on the side of the road. They don't realise all the other things that are happening behind behind the scenes. Yeah, yeah, we and we have a lot of you know new technology um, always coming in. So, um, you know. How how do you see um, that changing over the next sort of ten years? Can you see that there's going to be more and more technology changing the way that we do things? Ah uh, yes, I think that uh, we're probably only just scraping the the tip of the iceberg. Now I still believe there's a lot more technology technology to come through. Um, the generation of people that are heading into our university nowadays you don't know a world other than a, a technological world where everything is sort of done on the computers and they're seeing things that we or, that i don't see as an older person that they um just um i even see it in here with the, some of the younger staff members they just uh look at a problem from a totally different perspective because they know that well there's a lot of um labor-intensive time to go and get it from from here to here but I know of some um, some technology some programs or something that'll just do that for me so this is just incorporating those things um, into the stuff they're doing all the time mm. and yeah and then it's sort of just going on and on from there yeah so yes. so talking about these new people coming through um, do you think that a degree is necessary to be successful in the industry Yes, yes. I think that having uh, the, de the degree is what will give you um, a professional status um, and, uh, and particularly for registration as well. Yes. Uh, but there still needs to be a lot of promotion work to, uh, to educate the public in that, you know, registered surveys do need to go through quite a, quite a process to get to the position that they're in. 
and uh, and are the experts in their field. You know, they are the experts in land management and in measurement as, as well, of course. So, mm. um, it's funny, we, um, I'm uh, involved with the, the Hunter Manning Group of the Institute of Surveyors in, in our local region. And uh, every year there's a careers day um, held locally and we go through and, and man a stall there. And we have students from all the high schools coming in and we used to get some equipment lined up there and it's amazing how um, the, the technology is actually what is, is attracting uh, the, the students to our stand. Mm. They're not so much interested in the brochures and the handouts and that sort of thing, but if there's a robotic um, theodolite there or, or a drone or uh, you know, a GPS um, um, antenna on a, on a tripod, they're the things that are attracting them. Yeah. Do you think that um, we're not we're not getting them early enough? You know, having a careers day, they they're too far gone in their schooling to to realise that there is that opportunity of surveying. Um, but the target for the careers days is year 10, 11 and 12 students. I think maybe year 12 is might be a bit too late, but yeah. year 10, year 11, I think is about the right time because it's when they're starting to think about careers and leaving school. So yeah. and it gives them the opportunity to perhaps go and uh, choose the HSC subjects more akin to a, to a surveying, surveying path, whether yeah. it be TAFE or university. Mm. Were you good at maths at school? I was okay. wasn't fantastic, but good enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. well, I just, yeah. I just wonder because you know some people say, "Oh, they absolutely loved maths at school." I've had some go, "I don't really like maths, but I understood it, so it was okay." You, you know, sort of thing. So some people just sort of think, "Oh, you have to be really good at maths um, to be a surveyor." No, I think uh, if you um, uh, are maths-minded, then you're well on your way. Yeah. Uh, I certainly found university maths was quite quite challenging, mm -hmm. um, but I'm certainly better at the numbers than I am at the letters, doing the <laughs> words. So, uh, yes. But um, a lot of the technology now does a lot of the, the calculations and, and, yes. and brain work for you. So... Um, yeah, so I, I would certainly we get a lot of um, work experience students through here, although during COVID times we have it this year. Mm. Um, but the ones that do come through, we um, we say if they've got the, um, uh, I guess, a maths orientated mind, then they can still you know have a quite a successful career out of it. Yeah. They don't need to be um, uh, very high end mathematics students. Yeah. Yeah. Who's had the biggest impact on your career? It's um, a good question. Um, and there could be more uh, than one. Yes, There's yes. Usually more than one. <laughs> yes. Well, I guess maybe the the, uh, the very first one was uh, when I was doing work experience, yeah. probably put the surfboard <laughs> to say, well, this is it. I'm on my way. <laughs> uh, I had some uh, some great lecturers uh, whilst I was at university, yeah. and uh, I'm pleased to say that I still see um, some of those lecturers nowadays, uh, and and socially as well, mm -hmm. uh, which is really fantastic. Mm -hmm. um, uh, my uh, uh, my business partner Bill Parker uh, yeah. was was a, was a fantastic man, mm -hmm. and he always had time to uh, to help me out and to um and to give me some guidance uh, along the way so uh and uh, my business coach has been fantastic and just um um holding my hand a, a few times and, and giving me some direction uh the probably the biggest challenge in in running a company is is dealing with uh, all the different personalities and uh she's given me some some great advice and um and really help me out there in uh, making sure that you know people's needs have been met and yeah, that yeah. We can, personalities um, are uh, yeah. a hard thing to hard thing to manage aren't they yes yes mm -hmm. so um yeah and and family's been uh, terrific as well just uh 
uh, encouraging me to um, to go for it, um, and that's really started with um, with registration. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, just uh, just to put everything aside and and, and spend the time and, and getting that through. So um, yeah, that was that was certainly a great achievement. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so mm. you know, you've had quite a few years surveying out in the field. What's probably the worst thing that's happened to you while you were surveying? Um, uh, probably leeches and ticks. Oh, I, <laughs> I, I just remember there was one project, uh, there was a big paddock, there was a barbed wire fence and I was working uh, in this area, taking some levels or something, I can't remember what. Well, walking back towards the vehicle to go and pack things away and then off in the distance I could hear this dog just going crazy and then I looked over my shoulder again I could see that the dog had broken away from its enclosure and it was heading straight towards me oh. and I was running and running to get away from it uh, I saw the barbed wire fence and I thought well I'll have to jump over that so got over that somehow and ripped all my hands to shreds oh, no. and uh, landed on my back on the ground um, it took a little while to sort of come to, uh, but I thought I'm safe because I'm on the other side of the fence. I didn't realise that about 50 metres further down the fence was an opening and then the dog came <laughs> through again. Uh, but thankfully the owner sort of came in and, and pulled the dog back. Um, but that, that time that I actually spent on the ground there was enough to um, get about 50 uh, ticks all up and down my legs. Oh, gosh. Uh, so I spent uh, quite a few hours that night uh, pulling ticks out of my legs. So that wasn't a great experience. And I do get a little bit squirmish every time I drive past that site because it's on a, a main road that's not too far from here. So Yeah, right. Yes. <laughs> yes. What's um, uh, the funniest thing that's happened to you? Uh, funniest thing? Um, uh, <laughs> There was one project where we were doing an identification survey on a house and we had to have the survey done that day because it was holding up for sale. And we were out there, we were taking all the measurements and there was this big dog, another dog, (laughs) uh, in the backyard. (laughs) Yeah, And uh, we couldn't get into the backyard and there's nobody home and so we ended up going to the neighbours' properties and we're trying to take our measurements and things. And this was back in the day when we were using... um, no, not so much uh, uh, EDM. It was all sort of measuring with long tapes and that sort of thing. Yeah. And um, and the garage door was open. Obviously, I had one of those tilt panel doors into the garage, and so we could see there was no car in there. The owner had obviously gone out, and the dog was going nuts. And we thought, how are we going to get into the backyard to do this work? And so, um, so we did, we made the ultimate sacrifice. And that was uh, getting my lunch out of out of the car, and unwrapping it, and then throwing it into the back end of the garage. When the dog went in, looking after my lunch, and we leant over, and when we closed the uh, the garage door, and we to um, keep the dog inside the garage, so then we can actually get into the property and finish <laughs> off the survey. Uh, so, the uh, problem solvers. There you go. Problem solvers. Yes. Yes. And of course, we let the dog out when we'd finished. So. Okay. Um, I think the owner might have come home. So, uh, yes, but uh, yeah, the ultimate sacrifice in giving up my lunch, but that's what you had to do in tough times. So, oh, yes. what's, the, um, what's the best work advice you've ever heard? Um, uh, yeah, always do your checks, <laughs> measure everything <laughs> twice. Um, yeah, and before leaving a site, if you feel as though it's if it's not quite right, you know, sort of that gut feeling of you know, trust your instincts. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, don't go into an area where you think that it may be unsafe. Um, certainly, you know, 25 years ago, the kind of things that we were doing were very dangerous compared yeah. to how we do things now. Mm. Uh, we didn't think too much about it at the time. Um, we sort of just went off and did what we had to do. Um, but yeah, we were very heavily um, focused on safety, uh, particularly yeah. in, in the company here. And we encourage 
everyone that if you don't feel safe in an area, if you, um, you know, if you, if your gut instinct is saying that it's something's not right, then you know, just to back away from it. And that has proved uh, to be really good advice, uh, not only for myself, but some of my other colleagues here as well. Mm. Um, yeah. So yeah, just uh, trust your instincts. Cool. What's, what motivates you? Um, um, it's it's sort of changed, I guess, over time. Mm. Uh, the thing that gives me the most amount of joy in the workplace is to um, seeing everyone engaged, to see them um, all happy, uh, to see them working as a team. Um, there's uh, some things that we've we've been putting in place um, over the last couple of years to uh, to ensure that we have a, a good work environment for everyone, so they can be at their best. Um, yeah, and just to see um, uh, smiles on people's faces and hear the banter and the jokes and things off in the office is um, is fantastic. So um, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, it's just to. Uh, yeah, I, 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 over time we've been putting things in so that we can have a um, um, a more um, relaxed environment. I think that if people are uh, feeling a lot more relaxed in their environment, they become a lot more creative, mm -hmm. and um, and that was the catalyst we uh, of going through and changing our office around our orientations of all our desks. Um, we had a feng shui expert come into the office to um, help us um, align where everyone um, sits and, um, and putting in lots of different plants and things around the place and um, breakout rooms for um, people to you know, have time out and um, uh, we have a, a massage therapist uh, come into our office um, oh, for our staff. <laughs> so, so these were all things to um, uh, to ensure that our our staff are working um, as best as they can be because they're in a much more relaxed environment. Um, uh, my wife uh, has introduced me um, to yoga. She's been doing her yoga teacher training mm -hmm. um, uh, last year. And so we've uh, introduced some um, some yoga into our office as well. So it's only eleven o'clock every uh, every day. Uh, everyone gets up and does some stretching and uh, moves around a little bit. And there's always a bit of a, a joke and a bit of a banter that goes on around that as well. But uh, the fact that everyone's involved with it now and, and actually looks forward to it, mm -hmm. and you know, if it's ten past eleven and somebody rings the bell and says, you know, are well, we doing this today or? Yeah. Is it going to happen? Um, uh, obviously, shows that people are enjoying that, and uh, once again, it um, puts smiles on their face, and uh, yeah, it, um, it's working well, and that gives me gives me a great amount of joy to see that. Yeah, most definitely. What's your guilty pleasure? Mm. Uh, how how long do we have? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Not long enough by the sounds of it. <laughs> yes. We might need um, another one on that. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, up until uh, towards the end of last year, uh, I was uh, very much um, still on the tools and, and trying to run a business and meant that my days were really, really long. And uh, for me to get go and have an a, a afternoon off or a long weekend or something just uh, just seemed to be out of reach. Um, pleased to say that with the restructure of the place, it's sort of freed me up to be doing um, uh, things that I want to do rather than uh, have to be reactive to things that come in the door. And so I've um, been um, spending a bit more time at home and um, perhaps... Um, you know, having a long weekend and uh, just getting out of the office and that's yeah. that's been wonderful for me. So Yeah, it sounds like um, it. And, yeah, and I'm very grateful for um, the team that uh, is here that can still make sure that things are ticking over. So if I do 
need to have some time out, then um, then that can happen. So, mm. oh, that's yeah. great. It's that's great. Yes. Um, the most unusual place you've been? Uh, I do love travel. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess the most extreme place I've been to is Antarctica wow. uh, a few years ago. Uh, and two years ago, I was... Um, up in the um, the Arctic Circle, up in the top end of Norway. So I guess I've covered both pole areas now. So wow, that's yeah, pretty, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, very cool, actually. <laughs> very cool. Yes. So, Interesting. Uh, yeah, they would be two places that yeah I would love to go and see. Did you, yes. did you see yeah. any Northern Lights or you know any of that sort of stuff when you were up there? Yes, that was uh, the main catalyst for heading up that way. Yeah. Of course, we want to maximise the uh, uh, the experience. So, of course, you go in the middle of winter because the, the nights are longer. Uh, when you go in, there's no moon, so the skies are darker. And yeah. yes, uh, and then out on the ship, um, so away from city lights and things. So, and mm. uh, had some amazing experiences up there and seeing those northern lights was just fantastic. So, yeah, absolutely beautiful. Um, but if I can encourage um, people to um, head to Antarctica, um, it's the most amazing place I've ever been to. So, yeah. Mm. It's on uh, my bucket list. Sure. Yes, yes. If you yeah. had a superpower, what would it be? Oh, <laughs> if you had a superpower, what would it be? A superpower? Um... Uh, I'm not sure about that one. Tough one. Uh, I, yes, I know there's lots of areas in my life that do need some work, so <laughs> yeah. maybe I'll just spread it out over all of those. <laughs> if yes. you could go back in history, where would you go? Where would I go in history? Um, uh, Probably to the era of when my parents were children and uh, to, to see what life was like for them. I know that uh, your childhood years can certainly have a big influence, mm. you know, on, on you for the rest of your life. And, um, and I heard many stories from my parents um, in their childhood. And yeah, it'd be nice to actually see those things and experience those things for myself. Yeah. So, Interesting. Yeah. Perhaps give me a, a better understanding of my parents and, and why they turned out like they did. <laughs> I think we all wonder that sometimes and our kids probably think yeah. that the same about us. <laughs> yes, yes. And, um, and of course, maybe just to really um, set the, the scene as to you know, your parents always used to say, well, back in my day, yeah. when I was your age, and just to see whether or not they'll tell them the truth or not. Mm. Mm. <laughs> mm. Experience it for myself. Yes. If you see a puddle on the ground, do you walk around it, jump over it, or jump in it? I go through it. Through and I, the reason why I say that is because um, at the moment, I'm doing the Great North Walk um, from Newcastle to Sydney. Oh. And um, we've got uh, one more leg uh, on Saturday that we're doing, and then be the last one at the end of the month. And so that'll be the whole thing. Um, and five years ago, we actually did it from uh, Sydney through to Newcastle. So we're doing our, our return trip. And, um, and I'm uh, lucky enough to have a good pair of um, uh, hiking boots, so when I'm doing the, doing the walks and when I see the puddles, I just go straight because they're waterproof boots. So uh, <laughs> some of my friends with their fancy uh, joggers and uh, footwear that are you know, specifically designed for bushwalking, but they're so good you can't get them dirty. They're the ones that go around the puddles, but I just go through. So. Very good. Yeah. Yes. All right. At a party, where would someone find you? Uh, maybe around a barbecue or uh, on a dance floor or um, 
or maybe the one that's telling um, uh, big stories. <laughs> oh, well, that pretty much sums up the questions I had for you, Mark. Um, I've just got a few quick shots to fire at you. So all you have to sure. do is say yes, no, hot, cold, that sort of thing. Um, yes. We'll go from there. Tea or coffee? Neither. Neither. Okay. Soft drink or yes. water? Water. Mm -hmm. Cat or dog? Neither. Neither. <laughs> we have a, there's a cat. There's a cat that belongs to our neighbour who spends its entire day at our house. So, uh, yes. So maybe it's cat. Oh, I don't have either. Yep. Yes. Fair enough. Sunrise or sunset? Um, recently moved house and it faces the east. So we now really enjoy the sunrise. Mm -hmm. uh, for 20 odd years, the other house faced to the west and I love the sunsets. So for now, sunrise. Fair enough. Summer or winter? Um, love the summer. Roller coasters, do you love or hate them? Um, roller coasters is um, um, it's the same as being in business. There's always <laughs> the highs and the lows. And when you're going down, it can be very scary. So, uh, so maybe hate them, yes. No. <laughs> Three items you'd take to a desert island? Uh, my Swiss Army pocket knife, mm -hmm. uh, my family, mm -hmm. and um, more walking boots. <laughs> well, especially when they're that good. <laughs> yes. Favourite movie? Um, uh, it's a tough one. Yeah, it is a tough one. Uh, I wouldn't say I'm a big movie buff. I've seen plenty of movies in my time. Um, That's yeah. Right. Can skip no, that one. yeah, nothing comes to mind of that yeah, one. So, fair enough. Yeah. Favourite book? Uh, Favourite book. Or writer? Uh, so I'm more of a numbers than a, uh, than a word person, so I don't actually okay. read a lot. Um, um the thing that i've actually been reading the most of this year is my list of um, goals that i want to achieve for this year i spent a lot of time at the start of the year writing them all out and um i've been re referring to those on a very regular basis so that's that's my regular reading that's yes just cool. to sit on my target yeah mark scanlon's list <laughs> yes introvert or extrovert uh, a bit of an introvert. Mm -hmm. Is your glass yeah. half full or half empty? Uh, it's, well, at the moment, it's pretty close to the top. <laughs> but there's always room. But there's always room for more. Always room for more. Uh, one thing you'd never do again. Um... One thing I wouldn't do again. Um, Stumping you, aren't I? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> um, uh, it, it's a very long story, but I'll give you the, the very short one. Um, and that was uh, buying a house without having your other house sold. Oh, yep. <laughs> yeah. Yep, understand that. Um, yes. If you had a warning label, what would it be? Um, a warning label for me. Um, uh, be um, these are very good questions, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> warning label. Uh, sometimes uh, opens mouth before thinking. Um, so um, always check. Okay. <laughs> Yes. Who knows you best? Who knows me best? Uh, 
uh, my wife. Yeah. yeah. What was your favourite subject in school? Um, I really enjoyed uh, tech drawing and, and mm -hmm. drafting, that sorts of things. Um, I did uh, enjoy uh, physics and I also enjoyed um, sort of uh, woodwork and working yeah. with timber and, and my hands. Yeah. yeah. Uh, favorite childhood memory? Um, I travel. Yeah, my parents were big travelers, and I think that's where I got the bug. So yeah, yeah, good memories. Favorite food? I uh, love Italian food. Ooh. Yeah. Favorite drink? Uh, I love wine. Red or white? Yes. Uh, more red. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. What's your pet peeve? Um, uh, people uh, forming opinions uh, based on insubstantial information. So Mm. Um, yeah, um, Kavu was a good example of that. Um, one of the things we said around here was the things that we're making our decisions on are based on um, health um, authorities rather than the information that was being fed to us on Facebook and social media. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. Uh, win the lottery. Stick to the facts. Yeah, stick to the facts. Win the lottery or have the perfect job. Uh, perfect job. Mm -hmm. Your biggest fear? Um, biggest fear. Um, uh, I have to be some part of this, my family. Yeah. Very important to me. Yeah. 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 Favorite sport? Um, uh, I guess is bushwalking, but uh, sailing. Really enjoy sailing. Yeah. Morning or night person? Um, well, I used to be a night person, but I've become more of a morning person now because I've got to go and see those sunrises. <laughs> uh, what's your dream car? Dream car. Uh, I'm not a real big um, car enthusiast, but I I do like the look and the sound of a Maserati. Oh yeah, yeah. Yes, Thank you. I like the Maseratis. Favorite color? Uh, aqua blue. Oh, aqua blue. Apple. apple. I was in the water. Mhm. Mm yeah. Oh yeah. Apple or Android? Apple. Mhm. Mm on a scale of one to ten, how cool are you? How cool? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Depends on who you ask. <laughs> um, oh, I'm probably a six. Yeah. Above okay. average. Okay. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Who'd play you in the movie of your life? Uh, um, um, I actually discussed this with some friends the other day and they said Tom Hanks would be good for me. Oh, okay. He's a good actor. Yeah. Star yeah. sign? Virgo. Virgo. Okay. Interesting. Well, that's it from me. So, Mark, thank you so much for having a chat with me today. I've enjoyed it. Yes, I've, uh, I've enjoyed the experience as well, and thank you for the opportunity. Good, you're welcome. Before we go, have you got any social media platforms, websites, or any causes that you would like to promote? Um, uh, we have a little bit of a social media presence on uh, Facebook, mm -hmm. um, and uh, we um, have a, a couple of different groups that we. Uh, um, we would like to support, um, but one that's very uh, uh, close to my heart is the School of St. Jude's in Tanzania. 
um, the woman that started the school and, and is continually um, to run um, the school over there is uh, a, a, an amazing woman, Gemma Sissia, um, who's from um, uh, New South Wales, grew up on a, on a sheep farm and um, found her way over to Africa and started up a school and had the privilege of visiting the school and, and meeting Gemma on a few occasions. She actually um, even stayed with us when she was touring through New South Wales on a on a, um, a fundraising tour a couple of years ago. So, um, yeah, wonderful school and, um, yeah, she's doing amazing, amazing work over there. So, yeah, fully, uh, fully um, support her work. Yes, oh, wonderful. Brilliant. Wonderful. Thank you. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me and uh, we'll have to meet up soon. Yes, yes. Look forward to the time. <laughs> All right. Thanks, okay. Mark. Okay, thank you, Peter. I hope you enjoyed today's chat with Mark. Make sure you like, subscribe and leave a review on my channel. Catch you in a fortnight when I chat with Matthew R. Stansbury, aka owner of Safety Apparel and the Party Chief Best. Defining Boundaries with Peter Cox.